But um, yeah, Pastor Wade sends his greetings. Uh, he's he's out today. He's he's in the mainland with his family, and they're just uh, reconvening after that tragic episode that happened in Arizona with one of the um, citizens and one of our our close uh, one of Dylan's close friends, one of their son's best friends, freshman, uh, going for her. Um, for her degree there at Grand Canyon University. So they wanted just to support him and be with him there. So they're with us. They're probably online right now. A. Wade and Ray, Dylan, Reese, Zeal, all of you over there. But uh, today we do get to start. And yesterday we had a great time. Pastor Billy, Pastor Norman was in Istanbul. He was with the Every Nation family. And we were here with a bunch of small group leaders because we know that our, our family here and the way Pastor Norman has executed and delivered the purpose and plan that God gave him when he left Aleva Heights, right next to Kamehameha Schools up there in the mountain, he left Aleva Heights to come and plant a church in Pearl City. And that was 28 years ago. We celebrated the anniversary a few weeks ago. And so now we're heading into the last eight weeks of 2022 and heading into and spearing into and throwing the javelin into 2023 as we end 2022. And so it's exciting. And the series that uh, we are involved in is Beyond. And today's message is Living Beyond Ourselves. Living Beyond Ourselves. And we're going to just lay out the foundation. And we're going to look at a scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Verses 1 through 11. Let me just turn my Bible there. But it's exciting to be here this morning and being able to share with you all. I'm, I'm just a small group leader here at the church. I'm just like you, a common, everyday Christian that loves God, that wants to serve God, that wants to know God, that wants to find my purpose in God, that wants to make a difference and then help others do the same. And so each of us here, that's our goal. That's our purpose. It's not... It's not um, rocket science. It's not, you know, um, brain doctor, surgeon science. It's just a common, everyday, blue collar, working out our faith and making a difference in one person's life. God, God doesn't ask us to go win a whole community or a whole city. He asks us just to go reach one. Each one, reach one. That's been from the very beginning that God has given in the heart of our pastor, Pastor Norman, who is the founding pa pastor, is that he is always broken record, repeated, each one, reach one. And you know, that's one of the hardest things to do. But finally this year, I finally, I'm able to sit down and do one-to-one -one with one that I finally reached. And it's exciting. And I want to be consistent with it because not only are we to bring one to Christ, but we're to establish them. We're not only, we have the four E's in, in every nation and in Pearlside. It's engage, engage the lost, engage those that are far from God. Not only engage them, but bring them and establish them in the kingdom principles. Establish them in the kingdom of God. Establish them in the faith. Not only establish them, but then equip them. Give them the tools that they need. You know, sometimes I'm at work or, or you're at work and we, we got to do work and we got to do duties, but we don't have the right tools to do the work. How, how can we do the work if we don't have the right tools? It's sometimes impossible. So we got to do, so, so we, so we do a brocanic or we got to do, uh, you know, uh, 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 what's the other word? Brocanic and, hmm, 
I don't know, that other word that we use, uh, in order to get the job accomplished. But Jesus hasn't left us without the tools. He hasn't left us without the equipment. And then not only do we equip people, we engage them, we establish them, and then we equip them, and then we empower them. You say, you go do it now. I'll support you. You go do it, and I'll be with you. I'll be the support for you, and I want to see you lead a small group. I just don't want you to be an apprentice. I just don't want you to be an assistant. I want you to be a small group leader. That's our goal for every one of you. Maybe you feel like, I can't, Al. I'm too shame. It's, it, it's too impossible. You don't know my life. You know what? It's not the prophetic word from Prophet Jim LaFoon in June of this year. It says, it's not the status quo. It's not business as usual anymore. We're not just doing the average church thing anymore. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just doing average stuff. This is going beyond that and making the step like Pastor Norman uh, gave the, the pastorate over to Pastor Billy. It's going beyond and stepping up and then stepping out into what God has for you and what He has purposed for your life. There's a dream that's in your heart and it starts with Jesus. So let's read in chapter 2, Philippians if you don't have your Bible, there's going to be a Bible on the screens, uh, on the sides of me and right behind me. It says, it's in the New King James Version. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy. Fulfill my joy. By what? By being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord. Being of one mind. Doesn't that sound familiar? Isn't that what we read a few weeks ago when we were at ARA about the pattern of the church and how, how God wants us to be like-minded? It's not a whole bunch of separate arms. If there was a whole bunch of separate people in our army, which we're going to be celebrating our veterans this coming Friday, and we're going to honor all our service members for the sacrifice. If every person that's in the service decided to do what they wanted to do and they weren't like-minded and they weren't under certain directions of the commander-in-chief, then our army would be in disarray. It would be in dissension. It would be in division. But because there's one purpose, one mind, one heart, one likeness, one accord, that's why our army is so mighty and so powerful and we have the weapons to prove it. And so he said, these are all the things that he wants his joy to be fulfilled by being like-minded, the same love, of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. In other words, taking our eyes off ourselves. Living a Christian life is not being about you. It's about being, uh, thinking about others how can others benefit from the blessing and the favor that I have? How can I give to someone else and put their interests first that they can benefit the blessing and the favor that I have in my life? Man, I am so favored. I am so blessed. I am so, I, I'm, I'm so full of gratitude and appreciative what God has done in my life. As Abu said, 32 years ago, May 1st, March 1st, 1990, we arrived on this island with the purpose of reaching people for Jesus. We're with another ministry at that time, but that was our whole goal, is to reach out to those that are far from God, to come and plant a church here. I was only 30 back then, but now, you know, it, time has passed. 
But there's some of you that are 30. Some of you that are 30 that God is calling, that God is reaching, that God is saying, hey, it's not about just sitting in church and sitting in group. It's about rising up and say, God, what can I do? Here I am, Lord. We sang a song yesterday at the, at the small group leader summit. It says, I'm available, God. Are you available? Are you ready for service? Are you equipped? Have you been established? Have you went to the growth track? Have you read your Bible? Have you been baptized yet? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? It's time to get ready. And that's what we're laying out a foundation. We're laying out a pattern that God is giving us this morning. He says, but also for the interest of others, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But what did he do? He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord, help me calm myself, Lord. This morning, your pattern of how you lived and what you did to provide a way that as we sang and as Abu talked about, our hope, Lord, is in you. It's our firm foundation. And you laid out a pattern how to live in order to make this life that we're living right now. Some of us are unaware of even how to live by Christian, uh, Christian principles and Christian beliefs and Christian faith. We've, we, we've never been accustomed to this, Lord. We lived a life of slavery to sin. We lived a life of carnal nature, of sinful nature, of self-nature. And that's all we know. But God, you're transforming us to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. He showed us what it meant to humble himself, to become a man. He was man God, 100% man and 100% God. And he showed us the way by giving his life and thinking about others and making a way for us to enjoy this life we're enjoying today. So we thank you, Lord. Bless this word. Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us this morning in your precious name. Amen. Jesus has left us. He's left us a way to show us. He says, he says number in, in verse 7, of, of, he's left us a pattern. In verse 7, it says that he emptied himself. He became of no reputation. He emptied himself and became a man, a, a person of no reputation. In Philippians, and, and it, the way we begin this life beyond ourselves, living beyond ourselves, is with a pattern. And I'm sorry, Hina, I'm going to start with, uh, with um, point three. Live life with a pattern. Paul talks in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. He's telling the Philippian church, Brethren, living life with a pattern. Brethren, join in following my example. And note those 
Take note of those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. And then in verse 18, it says, For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you weeping that they are enemies of the cross. In other words, the other ones were living for themselves. They were just living life and being a part of the church for a personal gain. And Paul was weeping as he was writing this letter. He says, you know what? Follow my example. Do what I'm doing. And Jesus has left us that example. He has showed us in the scriptures how we are to live and how we are to behave and how we are to operate as followers, as disciples, as learners. Disciple is a learner, is a student of Christ. That's why we're here this morning. You wouldn't have got up in the morning and came to church if you didn't want to know more about Jesus. The Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, I want to know Him better. We come because we want to know Him better. We do it in church. We do it for a short period of time, less than an hour. That's our service. But you can do it more than that every day at your own house by getting into the Word, hearing praise and worship, hearing messages that will inspire you, that will fill you with passion, that will fulfill your dreams, that will cause you to dream dreams. Because the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 that that young men will will see visions and old men will dream dreams. This is not for the Josephs and, and the Davids of this world, not just for the young teenagers, but it's for older men. Moses was called at 80. Abraham was called at 75. God's not done with us yet. Speaking about my generation, (laughs) us baby boomers, born in the 50s, born in the 60s, he's not done with us yet. So we can't count ourselves out. There's mentoring that needs to be done. There's coaching that needs to be done. There's coming alongside that needs to be done in the kingdom of God. We can't just leave it up to the next generation to figure it out themselves. And so God has given us a pattern. And Paul says, I have laid out for you a pattern. And this, and this laying this foundation is what being a follower of living beyond yourself because Jesus made himself of no reputation. Also in verse eight, it says that he humbled himself. He says he humbled himself. He made himself a no reputation, and he humbled himself and became obedient. These are classic words in the Christian faith. Humility, obedience, and sacrifice. We only want to hear the good stuff, but when we need to humble ourselves, remove the pride, remove the arrogance, remove the thinking that we know it all, that we know everything about everything, we need to allow ourselves to take on the form of a bondservant and say, here I am, Lord, send me, I'm available. I'll do it, Lord. If no one's willing to step up, if no one wants to watch the children in the children's, if there's no teachers, if there's no helpers, whatever it takes, God, if there's no one that wants to put together the church when everybody's gone and, and we have to sweep the floor and, and clean the tables and put everything back the way it is, then God, here I am. I'm available. I'll do it, God. And that's why we, that's why we emphasize being a part of a serve team. That's why we emphasize being a small group leader because we need to process what we're going through inside our hearts. Because what we went through through COVID and what we're going through now, uh, all these things are converging on our faith and they're causing us to question God. And that's what the enemy is trying to do like he did with Eve and Adam. God was willing to take care of them in the, in the garden, 
But he put that question of doubt. Did God really care? Does he really want to bless you? Why did he tell you not to eat of that fruit tree? Of that one fruit tree in the middle? Isn't that that's the one thing? But he gave them 99% of everything else, and it was the one thing that caused them to fall. And so God has given us a pattern. He's given us the obedience, humility, esteeming others better than ourselves, and thinking of the interests of others more than our self-interest. But we have to live life with an attitude. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of attitude that our, our, our teenagers used to give us. My, my kids aren't teenagers no more. They're, they're adults now. They have their own families. But sometimes the way kids uh, react to us and they give us attitude, if, if, you're, uh, if you're in high school or middle school, even in elementary school, there's kids that give us attitude. Or even we give attitude to our spouses sometimes. I, I know I do. My wife, she's here, and she knows sometimes. She knows when I'm giving her attitude. <laughs> and we know when people give us attitude. I'm not talking about that kind of attitude. That's a bad attitude. Okay, I'm talking about an attitude that talks about having the same attitude. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, in the Amplified Version, it says, Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. It was a mindset. Jesus lived beyond himself, and he calls us, his disciples, to do the same. But what keeps us back from having that attitude is that selfish nature. If you have a Bible, and you, I'm, I hope you do, if you don't have one, we can get you a Bible. If you have a Bible, and we're not going to go through the scriptures today that refer to these things, because all we're used to is our selfish nature, and that is the battle of the ages, self-nature versus the God nature. And I have the scriptures there for you in your notes in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, and verses 19 to 14. In this, in this, list, that, in this list that Paul writes to the Galatian church, he lists 17, 17 characteristics of the flesh, of the carnal nature, of the selfish nature. 17 Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. Here's that word again, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. That's rage when people get out of control. Selfish ambitions. Does that sound familiar? Dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, partying. All these things were our nature. And they may still be some of your nature. There's some things that still need to be cleaned out of our lives. But, but Paul describes them through the Holy Spirit in written scripture, in Holy Scripture, to help us to understand these are the things that are within us, that we grew up only knowing. We didn't grow up in church under the, under the pews and, 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 and were born and raised in church. A lot of us didn't know anything about God, and we still might not know much about God. My kids were born in church. Yeah, they were born under the pew, my two daughters and my son. They were born in the church. But when we, grow, when we grow old enough, you decide whether you want to follow God or choose not to follow God. But these are the things that are within us. I mean, there's some, there's some real dastardly, uh, uh, dastardly behaviors in this whole list of the works of the flesh. But then God comes through in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He says, Thee, but these are the fruits of the Spirit. And there's only nine. But these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. 
This is the war that's going on. And, and Paul says the, the, the flesh battles the self-nature. The, 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 I mean, the, the self-nature battles the carnal nature. And, the, and God nature, the carnal, God nature battles the carnal nature. The carnal nature battles against God nature. There's a battle inside of you and I that goes on every day in our mind and in our heart to make the best decisions that we can. And what we use is this right here to help us make those decisions. It's our relationship. It's not a religion. It's our knowledge of God. It's our knowing God and God knowing us. And these are the things that help us to live beyond ourselves. Because if other words, we would just live for selfish ambition. I'm living for myself, Al. You cannot tell me what to I cannot tell you what to do. But if God wants to tell you what to do, guess what? He's going to tell you what to do. And guess what? If he can't get your attention any other way, he will find a way to get your attention. Don't make him get your attention. Because we have to voluntarily submit our lives to God just like Jesus did. He, he became a human being and he had to submit his life to God and become obedient. Obedient even to the cross. That's why Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you want to be my follower, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's what it takes. Picking up the cross daily. Do you think I want to pick up the cross every single morning? No. I want to stay in bed. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to pick up my cross. I don't want to deal with people sometimes. But Jesus says, in order to follow me, pick up your cross daily. Deny yourself and follow me. That's his command to every disciple. So that's the battle that, we go, that goes on. He says, adopt an attitude in yourselves that was in Christ Jesus. And so it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take years. I'm telling you, years. But there's a transformation because we allow, we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We submit ourselves to the Word of God. We submit ourselves to the glory of God. And He begins to do the transformation in us. We begin to make the right decisions. We begin to say kind words instead of harsh words, instead of contentious words. We begin to, instead of being jealous and hating and, and, and selfish ambitions and, and being envying and, and, and all these other works of the flesh, we now enjoy. So we have to change the root. When we change the root, we begin to bear new fruit. If the root never gets changed, if we never change the root of our lives, which was based on self and selfish nature, guess what? We're only going to give the fruit of that selfish nature, which is all described in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. The fruit that's going to be given out of our life, and people are going to take of our fruit, because people eat of our fruit. The way we talk, the way we handle ourselves, the way we conduct ourselves at work or at home, in, in wherever we go, the marketplace, people eat the fruit of our lives. That's why we say, taste and see that the Lord is... But if they're tasting rottenness, guess what? They ain't going to come to church. They're tasting rottenness, you know, rotten fruit. But if they're tasting the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, self-control, kindness, long-suffering, patience, guess what? It's going to develop an appetite. It's going to develop a hunger in them. Say, man, I want some of that God. I want some of that Holy Spirit. I want some of that, uh, that hope that you have. 
So these are the things, and we have to live life with a legacy in mind. And I'm going to show you a picture right here of a person uh, kneeling down on the football field since it's still football season. And a lot of us know who he is, and we, a lot of us know what, that, um, what he symbolized back then. What, what is that called? When he, when he would get on the ground and, 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 and lower his head. Then we remember. T-bowing. So there was a, there was a phrase coined T-bowing because T-bow, uh, Tim Tebow would always give glory to God. And you know, the media, they're not kind to Christians. Guess what? They're not kind to Christians. They're always going to criticize. They're always going to make fun of us. They're always going to, people at work are going to criticize you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to say all kinds of awful things about you. Why? Because you follow a holy God, a loving God. And so a lot of people were, they criticized him for doing this. And so Tim Tebow, he, he, was, um, he was a Heisman Trophy winner at the, at the uh, University of Florida. He won the Heisman Trophy. He was a two-time BCS champ. He was a first-round draft pick in the NFL draft in 2010. And he went to the Denver Broncos. He was a quarterback at the Denver Broncos, took him to a playoff. He was also with the New York Jets. And then he ended up joining the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then he tried to be like a Michael Jackson and go into baseball, and he became a New York Met. But you see, Tim Tebow was a missionary's kid. He was born under the pew, but he knew his purpose. He knew his destiny. He knew why he was born on this earth. He loved missions because he was born in the Philippines. And so he had a desire to use this platform of using what the talents that God had given to him. And I'm going to talk to you about this morning about how we can invest our time, the three T's, our time, our talent, and our treasure to leave a legacy. Because living beyond yourself is we have to consider what kind of legacy are we going to leave for the next generation, for our kids and our kids' kids and our kids' kids' kids, our great-grandchildren. What kind of legacy are we leaving for them at this time? Tim Tebow didn't make it too well in the NFL. He didn't do all that good in the NFL. He didn't do all that good in baseball. But what he's good at is helping people, reaching people, touching people. He started a Tim Tebow Foundation, and the, and the, and the Tim Tebow Foundation, so there's, it's a symbol, faith, hope, and love. Faith is the cross. Hope is giving, giving us a heartbeat that we have hope, and then love is the heart. And what he does, he has a foundation that goes into several countries in the world. I'm not sure how many exactly, but there's many countries that he is um, intervening and intercepting, and he has a, 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 a team that, that reaches out for anti-trafficking of children. Not only that, he also, he also uh, uh, has a, a night where he allows those with special needs for a night to shine, and he, 
provides a prom for them. He also has a wish foundation, Wish 15, where He grants wishes for people to come and do things that are severely and uh, severely disabled and, and on the point of, of maybe a critical death. And so He provides them kind of like a Make-A-Wish foundation, but it's called Wish 15. Not only that, but He... He, he works amongst different countries and in America to help homeless and abandoned children worldwide. And he provides services and, and he celebrates special needs children. And he also runs orphanages, especially, and, 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 uh, and hospitals in the Philippines and around the world. He has invested the, his time, he has invested his talents he has invested his treasures in order to make a difference in this world. So I'm not a quarterback. I, I didn't get drafted in the first round. I didn't get a big paycheck. But all God is asking us is to make a difference in one person. Can we invite that person? I know one person in our small group, they always invite us over their house to come eat, come have fellowship. A lot of us can do that today. We can, we can invite people over, talk story with them, tell them the story of Jesus, tell them what God has done in our lives, where he's brought us from and where he's brought us to and where he's taking us to, past, present, future. Tim Tebow didn't stop there. He's still, according to uh, Wikipedia, and I don't know if all that is true sometimes, but anyway, <laughs> we don't, don't believe everything that's on the internet, but according to Wikipedia, he's still an ESPN uh, analyst. And he still gets $4 million a year. Man, hello. That's a lot of money to be able to go do things for God. But all we need is to go buy someone a coffee. Buy someone a Jamba Juice. Buy someone a dollar soda. But they're not a dollar anymore at McDonald's. They're $1.50 now. So you got to bump it up a little. You got to kick, kick, kick up the notch a little for the soda. But people just want to be heard. People want to know people care about them that they consider they consider them as a human being they're worth they're worth something their their value is worth something and so that was paul yesterday we watched uh, the documentary on tua on uh fox sports 2 and how he started in eva beach and they showed him in the Kapolei uniform and they showed him at man abu did a great thing Last year they beat St. Louis, right? How many times? Two times? Two times. Come on now. How, when, when's the last time that happened? <laughs> we make a difference. But Tua was talking about, and they showed him going and, and coming up and going to high school, and then his grandpa telling him, who's the best team in the United States? Alabama. Then you need to go to Alabama. And how he got hurt and his hip got dislocated and he was going to lose his career and all his thoughts and all what he had worked for all his life but God came through and he says I when when my pro career is done I'm going back to Hawaii to make a difference why because he has God in his life like Tim Tebow what is the what is the 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 the, the center focus of, of of these two young men God Jesus Christ what is the center focus of you and I Jesus Christ, Jesus be the center of my life. Not only are the, we see superstars, but there's a superstar in our church, Ruth Young. 
She was born to missionary parents also in Namibia. They started and planted a church with every nation whom we are a family of in Winhoek, Namibia, which is the capital of Namibia, which is in South Africa. And the journey of Ruth that brought her here this past January, and now she's in Tacoma with Mark, starting and planting a church right there in the city, uh, in, in the outskirts of Seattle, Tacoma, is that she's using and she used her gifts and her talents to go reach the world on campuses. That's where her and Mark met in Germany. Mark went from here to Hawaii to London, and then he moved to Germany, and they met up. Both of them were MPDs, not HPDs. Okay, they're not, they weren't policemen. They were MPDs, which in our family of churches is called ministry partner development. These are people who feel the call to go into the ministry, and they have a way to empower them. And there's Ruth and Mark with baby Joshua. They're up in Tacoma right now. They've probably finished service already. But she used her talents to go onto the campuses in Berlin, Germany. And that's where she met Mark, and they became one. They moved back to Las Vegas. Something came up over here. They moved here. But her life has been investing time, her talent, and her treasure into the kingdom of God, reaching young students. Can I also brag on another person here that's sitting in the back over there, Miss Malin Vidding, and she has our friend that she brought yesterday to the Small Group Leaders Summit, Miss V. Can Malin and V please stand up? Sorry, there they are. Okay, give them a big hand, please. Miss <laughs> Malin Vidding also has invested her time, her talent as an administrative assistant, as a personal assistant to one of the pastors of the Manila Church. She was, she, was, she was doing very well, but she decided to go on a mission to Laos and to be a campus minister, MPD. That means people support you. You're a missionary, and you go to reach campus ministries. And I'm believing God is calling some of you right now. That you're not just called to sit here and work and, and go to the 40-hour work. God is calling you to go. Not only is there one young person, Malin Vidding, but we also have Mae Hanke right here. She was not just... Mae, can you stand, please? She was a... A mature, I'm not going to say the, the age, but she was a mature person that went to be trained as an MPD in Manila to go to Taiwan for two years to be on the campuses and to support the church there. She was already retired, but she was willing to go to the training to put in the time, to put in her talent, and to put in her treasure to win souls in the island of Taiwan. And look at Malin, went for two years to a city in Laos. And V right there is her fruit. V was 16 years old on a campus that, that Malin reached. And I'm not going to say V's age. But years have passed already. Beyond the 20s. But the fruit remains. Because why? Because we're willing to invest. We're willing to live beyond ourselves. Can I brag about my wife, Stephanie, that's here, and my daughters, 
Sonia Sarmiento and Vanessa, they have been with me. Man, I, I have put them to so much. In 15 years, we moved 15 times. That's not easy, moving from house to house, packing up your stuff, leaving your job, signing over your house. Dumb things we did when I was in my 20s. Sign over our house and gave it to someone. We didn't even ask them for any money. Why? Because we wanted to win souls in the ghetto of Sacramento, the capital of California. Dumb things. But it, they weren't dumb to God. We were just passionate. My wife, man, we lived in the ghetto. We didn't live in the Mexican ghetto. We lived in the black and, and white ghetto. I mean, this was the poorest section in Sacramento. Just because we wanted to reach gang members and drug addicts for Jesus Christ. And from there, we moved to Hawaii because we saw the, 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 the warfare between the Samoans and the Filipinos. So we said, well, let's move to, let's move to Waipao right in the midst of it. Let's go right there. Man, there was already some of downtown where, 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 where uh, KPT and Camp 4 and, and uh, what was the other one? Mayor Wright. Mayor Wright. Yeah, right on the corner. There's already someone there, so we don't want to take over that territory. But, it, but they were willing to invest their time, talents, and treasures. So all these people, it's not just Tim Tebow's and Tua Tungabailoa's. There's the Ruth Youngs, the Malin Vettings, the Stephanie Apodacas, the Sonia Sarmientos, and Vanessa putting their time, talents, and treasures to who's going to be next? Who's knocking on the door of your heart? It's not about just sitting here, being in a small group, being at church. It's about going beyond yourself. And all it takes is one person. Maybe the, the band could come up here. The worship team could come up here. I know I went over a little time, and I'm sorry about that, but this is something that we believe in, something that I believe in, something that I'm going to live till the very last breath. I want to go on mission. My wife, she knows I want, to go, I want to go on mission, but, you know, what God provides. Because it's not cheap to go on mission. You got to pay for yourself now. You got to pay for your, your air flight, your food. You got to go, because no one else is going to pay for you. Yeah, we do fundraisers and stuff like that. We pray for two teams that went recently in our prayer, in our prayer meetings on Saturdays. They went to Vietnam and Japan. Next year, plenty of teams are going to go. Missions. Philippines, Myanmar, China, all over the world. Will you be the one? Will you say, here I am, Lord. I'm available. Send me. Let's worship.